There was a little bit of doubt. Spoilers ahead for Succession and Ted Lasso. I'm going to get that out of the way right now. I'll, I'll try skip ahead a few, about ten minutes probably. <laughs> In here. the edit, I'll try to come back with a timestamp for you. Uh, but okay, everybody, go ahead and skip ahead to about eight fifteen if you don't want to hear any Succession or Ted Lasso talk. Once again, skip ahead to about eight minutes and fifteen seconds if you don't want to hear me rant about Lasso and Succession. You know, Brian Cox's character died a couple of episodes ago in succession. Tragically. Him being the centerpiece of the show. Um, obviously, the show being called Succession, I think it had to be inevitable that he died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't think people really doubted the quality of the show, um, that it could go on. But, um, yeah, it was weird to, like, kind of feel like what the gravity of the show is going to feel like. Or try and guess what the gravity of the show is going to feel like without this guy. Without Brian Cox, he was been the source such a focal point. of most of the tension for every character. You know, he's the source of trauma for every main character on the show. Yeah. So where does that come from now? Or yeah. where does the new tension build? Yeah, but of course they've mapped it out beautifully. It's super funny. Um, who's the younger, more handsome Skarsgård? He's in it now as kind of the new um, antagonist. He's like a tech billionaire that wants to buy up buy their media conglomerate. Nice. Yeah, and he's fantastic. He's so awesome. Um, but, you know, it's succession. There's, I don't know, nothing new to talk about. It's just, like, so consistently excellent that unless I want to go through, like, a specific plot breakdown of the episode, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about Start, it. Start, like, a separate succession podcast. Yeah, yeah, You could yeah, just yeah. go into pure detail on it. Yeah. Um, I think it's more interesting to talk about Ted Lasso right now, though, because, um, you know, like, a lot of teams in the Premier League. Ted Lasso's been having a bit of an up and down year. Yeah. Um, yeah. A little mixed bag. I think so. It's been a little inconsistent. But the last two episodes, I thought I was catching up and just with just one, but I caught two this past week, and they were both phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So it's back. <laughs> For now, it's At back. least it's got it's on a winning winning run right now, a couple games together. Yeah. It has it's thrown a couple it's on the trot. It's found a little form. Yeah. Um the first of the two, I'm talking about episodes six and seven. Episode six was my favorite kind of episode where there's no real plot movement on the main plot points. It's just all about character growth. All the yeah, characters yeah. go off on their separate ways and experience growth in one way or another. Um, in this case, um, the team was in Amsterdam to play a friendly against IX, and <laughs> which is fun seeing, you know, and IX pumps them like seven nil or something like that too. Um, but then anyway, um, you know, Ted gives the team a night on the town, no curfew. So everybody goes on walkabout, perfect, basically. Perfect place for shenanigans. Right, exactly. So um, Ted himself goes on a psychedelic walkabout uh, after some tea uh, from Coach Beard, and it's amazing. <laughs> um, 
I love it because, as I've said multiple times on this uh, podcast, the real plot of Ted Lasso, it's about mental health awareness and his growth and like, you know, how his ultra happy chipper, you know, happy go lucky persona is repressing like tons of shit. Tons of like darkness (laughs) underneath. Which if you think about it, if you boil it down to that, that that persona existed as a sketch for a commercial and they were like, how are we going to flesh out a TV show about this guy? Yeah. What if it's secretly about the trauma that makes him behave this happy all the time? Yeah, right? And that's what it's about. That's so deep for literally a commercial that was probably written, you know, with not, not I mean, it, it was a funny campaign. So they, they nailed the commercial campaign. But you would not expect it to go any deeper than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really canny kind of Trojan horse. Um and it does it without being heavy-handed at all. It's funny because it deals with these really, really heavy topics, but most people would describe it as a very lighthearted, very positive show. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That's all That's I kind ever of hear what people talk for. about it is how yeah. happy it is and yeah. how lighthearted it is. Um, here's where heavy spoilers come in. My favorite thing about Ted's psychedelic walkabout is that <laughs> he goes on a trip and um, this waitress brings him, of all things, uh, the barbecue sauce from his hometown. And as soon as he tastes it, he goes like catatonic and he <laughs> and he invents total football. He starts <laughs> arranging uh, pieces on his table. And um, yeah, yeah, he was going on walkabout, you know, to find a new, you know, you know, because the team was in a slump. Yeah, and he, a slump. Needed he needed a new, a new idea, a new idea exactly. he needed to reinvent the team. Yeah. And so he brings it to Coach Beard the next day, and Beard's like, you came up with this last night? This is incredible. It was invented in the early 70s by the Dutch. It's called Total Football. <laughs> but that's amazing that you came up with this last night. <laughs> Good for you. I mean, yeah. it's still impressive. And that's really cool because it then goes into actually a little history. Probably my favorite bit of real football injected into the show so far. It goes into a little history of Johan Cruyff. <laughs> And uh, it takes us back through Cruyff and, um, yeah, the Dutch team of 74 and then um, his management career in Barca and, and yada, yada. And it's pretty awesome. I like that. I like that they're weaving in a bit of, like, actual yeah, football history. They sneak into in, the, uh, yeah, some of the coolest the bit of football history there. Pretty yeah, nice. That's amazing. Yeah. But aside from that storyline, there was other great ones. Um, the little Welsh kid that's gay and in the closet, which is also emerging to be a great storyline, a closeted gay footballer. Yeah. Um, he found a friend in the closet, and it's Trent Krim, the reporter. That's ironic. Because the journalists, you know, in England are so gossipy. Like, it seems yeah, like the for a gay player, the ever. worst thing would be for the reporter to find out. Anyway, yeah. Um, turns out the reporter is gay as well, so that's convenient. That worked out well. Trent always did have really nice scarves on, I noticed. I don't know (laughs) how long they've been planning that plot point, but back to season one, definitely. But then my favorite walkabout always, all the way back to season one, I'm all about um, Jamie Tart, the kind of mercurial young striker, bonding with Roy Kent, the gruff old like Roy Keane (laughs) guy. Yeah, Those two being together is my favorite. So funny. And um, after the team signed the fake Zlatan, uh, Jamie... Uh, kind of went rocky and like you know enlisted Roy to you know give him extra personal training sessions. So yeah, they've been yeah. like up before dawn running and whatnot, and so they've been bonding. And this is Jamie and Roy bonding, and Jamie's sharing a childhood trauma with Roy Kent. <laughs> he's explaining why he knows so much about Amsterdam. He's been giving Roy a tour of Amsterdam. Yeah, and apparently his dad brought him there a lot as a kid on the pretense of watching him play football, but then he's explaining that he brought him there to the red light district to lose his virginity. Yeah, funny and dark. Yeah, traumatic. Yeah. Must have been traumatizing. No, she loved it. Oh, for me, sorry, me, you mean. Uh, 
No. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. It's the best trauma joke on television. That's a very good drama joke. so funny. Very subtle. Yeah, that episode also includes a really great sort of Ferris Bueller-esque scene of Ted Lasso staring at a Van Gogh and getting a lecture about how it's important to seek beauty. There was so much good stuff in that episode. I loved it. That's good. It's good to hear because, yeah, I've heard so many mixed reviews about the season. Yeah, it's a divisive show, and I get why it's a divisive show. It leans into cringe. It's not afraid to, and I like that, too, about it. It's really, especially, you know, I can be a little bit of a cynic. It's pretty wholesome. Yeah. You, You have to... You have to be on board for that, you know? Yeah. It's a little bit cheese. I love that stuff. I think that's similar for me. Like, I associate that with, like, the last season of Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people were, like, so negative about that season, but it was, like, that's because insane. it was so happy. And that's they, insane. And they buttoned everything up so nicely. And, like, yeah. it's, like, yeah, that's what we all wanted. I called that season <laughs> a, a victory lap, and I loved that It was they did such that. a good season. They I, were shameless about I it. I couldn't they believe like, when I heard people talking negative about it. They sat down in the writing room, and they were like, what is the happiest possible ending we can give literally every character in this show? And they did that, and it was awesome. Yeah, why not do that? There's every now and then just let a show do that. What are they okay? going to do? It was such a happy show. Not everything has to be fucking true detective. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let, H- let HBO handle that yeah, stuff. Yeah, let HBO be HBO. NBC can just have some fun. Right? Happy times. Um, man, there's even more television I want to talk about. We should probably <laughs> get on to the football. Real quick, this show on Apple TV Plus called uh, The Big Door Prize. This like video game machine shows up like Zoltar from Big in this Ooh. small town, and it tells everyone their ultimate purpose. And this whole town, everyone has like different kinds of meltdowns about it. That's a good show too. Watch that. That sounds interesting. It features Roy from IT Crowd. Oh yes, I love that guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm into that. Anyway, this episode of Soccer Situations is brought to you by Littlefoot Coffee. I mean, what can I say about Littlefoot Coffee? Um, they're not just friends of the pod, they're family of the pod, quite literally. Um, Alex started Littlefoot years ago after more than a decade of roasting experience, um, roasting coffee for some of the hottest, most fashionable, and uh, most importantly, tasty specialty coffee roasters in America. My favorite thing about it is that it's just really high-grade coffee without a drop of pretense. You're not going to find a bunch of weird, savory notes that the roaster is passing off as intentional. It's just really sweet, comforting flavors that everybody wants in their coffee. And now, for a limited time only, you can get 15% off at littlefootcoffee.com. Promo code situations. Once again, you can get 15% off at littlefootcoffee.com using the promo code situations. Let's talk about other silly headlines. Uh, Mostly I want to talk about this new, there's a new um, imprint of New Balance. Clutch. It's it's called Clutch with a K, Athletics. Um, I'm calling it the Black New Balance brand. Just, I mean, just because of all of the branding that we've seen yeah. so far released around it. Exactly. They're pretty shameless. Um, every single model and all of the advertising I've seen for it has been black. So that <laughs> it made me laugh a little bit and ask the question, is New Balance still like a nerdy white brand? Is New Balance too white? They, I, maybe. But I feel like isn't, I mean. I thought it got cool a I while felt, ago. I thought New Balance was coming up as like the trendy shoe right now. 
I, well, see, I those, can say is that just yes. White hipster I kids? have heard Gen Z kids say they and they wear like ugly dad New Balances, but those were dingus Gen Z kids in Chicago. Yeah, they were true. they were twenty year olds and twenty two year olds in Chicago. Yeah, um, so that's but not really like fashion. I one mean, of them, oh, man, one of them had good fashion sense though. I mean, I do think they're Deja. in fashion right Shout now. Shout out. To, I don't think Deja is listening, but she was cool. She had good fashion sense. Good fashion she sense. She was the only Gen Zer I've ever met that actually had good fashion sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. I know, like, Gillis is wearing those big, ugly uh, New Balances now. Oh, yeah. He's rocking some well, big Gillis white dad shoes. as white as he gets, though. I mean, he's a, he's a Pennsylvania boy. That doesn't answer my question. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I think it might, like, the fashion I see around New Balance might still lean heavily white. Heavily, it might skew white still. White. Have you? So, did you look at the clutch materials? Or the, the, the I saw just stuff? the promotions you showed me. The logo looks pretty cool, don't you think? The K. It does look good. I hate the text logo where it's just clutch with a K and the K is backwards. Yeah. And it's a non. It's like a modern. It's so generic looking. Yeah. The, clutch Athletics. Clutch Athletics is a terrible name. If they like refine it down to just the K, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, and that was the other thing. I was like, clutch, is that cool still? That's another thing that like was a cool thing that black athletes would say. I think that's another piece of cool slang that black people said, and then white people co-opted it, yeah. like woke. But I feel like that happened so long ago Yeah, that I like haven't even heard clutch really used Yeah, a I lot. I don't know. At all. I but. suppose we don't <laughs> need to focus too much on that. But um, I guess what I'm asking is, is so – when New Balance first moved into soccer, they did it via another one of their imprints, Warrior, yeah. which was a hockey lacrosse brand. And all of their football teams were the the W of that brand yep. on um, on their kit. And so now I'm wondering if New Balance is going to introduce Clutch as, as their kit manufacturer in place of the New Balance brand. Do you think so? Or do you think they'll introduce it as an alternative like Nike did with Jumpman? Yeah, it's possible that, like, some teams will get it, you know? Like, they'll have specific teams in mind that fit the Clutch brand, or, like, they, maybe they want to Are experiment they gonna with kits. Are they going to these teams? Probably. Uh, oh, but yeah, no, like, sure. You know, if they want to be more experimental with a kit, they can use it for that. I do like the design of the K, though. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think if they did that on a kit, it would look like classy. It, I picture that embroidered on, on the chest of a kit, and I think it looks pretty good. Yeah, I think that would look nice. I don't know if the whole thing is necessary at all, though. <laughs> After no. all that discussion, I'm like, this, it feels pointless to me. Yeah, it's because like, New Balance classic branding is so good. Yeah, it's simple. Like when they do the NB clean, it's such a clean logo. If you look at like the heritage stuff on their website, yeah, it's beautiful stuff. But I, I guess it's white. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's the only real explanation. Because yeah, why start another brand just to do more New Balance stuff in yeah. a slightly different look? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with it. Yeah. Should we take I would a like to see some kits. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, the, my, the New Balance kits that Liverpool have are my favorite kits of the past decade or so. They're so awesome, dude. Yeah. My favorite since we had Adidas. So Yeah, they were quality-made kits, too. They weren't like... Yeah, no, they were awesome. But the Warrior kits were not so much. So I'm kind of like, I get, once that again, I'm circling back to why. Why do we need this? Just New Balance shit is dope. Yeah. Just stick with what you do. Yeah. Anyway, I've got here in the notes a little glance over to Italy. Did you see what happened? In it? <laughs> it's pretty funny. Or Napoli could have locked down uh, the, the title. title this weekend, um, especially after Lazio lost the day before. But now they choked and uh, drew 1-1 with Salernitana. I thought it was a funny note that um, 
the the Napoli game was rescheduled because there was a comic book convention in town. That seems so um, not not Italian of them to reschedule the football game over a for comic a comic convention. book convention. Yeah, right. And I also love the idea that the cops were afraid of controlling these two super dangerous crowds. One of them being a comic book convention in a in a football <laughs> yeah. you know, football fans. Yeah. But can you imagine a Braveheart style battle? If the, you know a wave of like cosplayers with like fake foam swords <laughs> and stuff, they turn around a corner getting ready. They're just like looking for food trucks. Yeah, and they could, and there's just like a wall of blue flares. And Napoli fans, <laughs> like crazy football people. hooligans coming yeah, at just them charging them <laughs> it would be such a surreal fight uh, some guy dressed as like captain america running out front yeah i doubt it would be captain america that's in italy alex yeah but these are nerds dad <laughs> yeah, they true. love that stuff i wonder what the most popular superhero in italy is captain italiano i'm gonna google it right now live on the air who is the most popular superhero Throughout Europe and Italy, no, I oh, only in Italy care in about particular? Italy. Yeah, I don't uh, care about. Yeah, Europe. that's right. Um, Top ten of oh, no, I don't want Italian American superheroes. I just want to know which one Italians like the most. Superman. It's probably Superman, right? I feel like Superman is probably who they like, right? Every country's most popular superhero. It's probably like a funny Italian one, though. <laughs> Wait, this is just Marvel ones, but we're still gonna go with oh, this because fine. I'm already tired of googling this. Marvel ones is good enough. Doctor Strange. The Italians like Doctor Strange? <laughs> yeah, apparently so. They like all that funny hand. They love the movement the of the hands. The funny hand stuff. They love the hands. Oh, my God, dude. It's about the funny hand talking. Doctor Strange's mm-hmm. hand talking. Yep. And he lives in New York. Yeah, he's Italian. <laughs> the Italian Talks with Dr. his hands. <laughs> Draws the circles. That makes so much sense, actually. Draws the circles like a pizza pie. Uh, that's really funny i'm glad it was dr strange (laughs) nailed it absolutely nailed it anyway bad luck Uh, napoli uh yeah unfortunate next week yeah they'll still lock it up yeah yeah let's bring it home let's um let's bring football home (laughs) uh Uh, liverpool four uh tottenham three this was a wild one as well this was a very entertaining game. <laughs> Liverpool came steaming out the gates, three goals in about 15 minutes. Yeah, it looked like it was going to be just... I was leaning so far back on the couch. Yeah, I mean, it looked like it could be a game where you score seven, eight. I know, I really wanted it to be. Me too, I was hoping for a thrashing. And we just stopped playing. Um, yeah, Tottenham got some... One by one, my nightmares unfolded. It was seriously like a monkey's paw curling. <laughs> First, Harry Kane scored a goal, and then Hyunmin's son scored a goal. And then last but not least, the worst of all, Richarlison came off the bench and scored his first Premier League goal of the season against <laughs> his us. first goal. He rips off his shirt and runs to the crowd and does his stupid little pigeon celebration. I know, dude, that made me which so like, mad I kind of like... I respect it, at least. He's embracing the insult, because um, he undeniably looks like a pigeon <laughs> um but thankfully um i don't know the monkey had a thumb anyway <laughs> the curse the curse backfired and uh even though they scored yeah how did you put it earlier alex you said tottenham looked like they scored with the last kick of the game and somehow they still bottled and it they still bottled it yeah they yeah still- they literally, it was like, oh, when they scored, it was like, ah. Oh. The goals were chalked up if That's you it. follow our Instagram stories as uh, Richarlison, 90 plus three, and then 
Jota, 90 plus four. Literally, yeah. It was like straight from kickoff. Straight from kickoff, back to Allison, punted it down. Lucas Mora played a back, a back pass back to pass. his center back that uh, quick little Diogo Jota latched onto. Slotted a nice finish. It had to be said, there's a yeah. lot to be done there. He yeah. was out wide and slotted. Uh, Very yeah. clean finish. And He's been on fire lately. Yeah, he sure has. How good is it to have Diogo back? He is, yeah. Um, Liverpool fans, I mean, obviously Alex is. Yeah. Ambivalent. I like him though. Yeah, I've always been a jealous fan, big him. fan. He loves Diogo. I do. He's better than Figo, don't you know? <laughs> anyway, unlucky for Tottenham. I think they probably deserve something from that game. Yeah. We should talk about the Jota Skip incident. Jota kicked Oliver kicked Skip square, in the, square in the temple. Like it was a brutal. It was yeah. brutal. He got he, studs right in the face. He was bleeding. I can't believe Jota didn't go for that. It was stunning. Yeah, initially I thought it was like a high boot in like the chest mm-hmm. high area, and I thought maybe that was like, oh, okay, maybe yellow card for that. It's fine. And then the replay came, and it was a square. It hit him right in that temple or forehead area. Dude, he blasted him. In about, him right in just about the worst place you can kick someone in the head. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was it, stud first. And it was very high, too. Yeah, it was high. He wasn't really stooping that much. Like He wasn't really low to the ground with his head or anything. The only reason I can think of that Jota stayed on is because earlier in the game, Skip laid a heavy tackle on the uh, ankle of Luis Diaz. And I wonder if Tierney had a thought, well, this motherfucker should have been off earlier. I better let this one slide as a yeah, as, as an equalizer. Um, which was a, a point that Jurgen Klopp made when he was asked about the Jota foul after the game. But, I mean, I'm just going to – yeah. I'd be crazy to deny it. I was stunned that Jota stayed on the pitch after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then for him to go on and score the winner is just... <laughs> Even funnier. It's, it's so Tottenham, dude. Yeah. It's so fucking Tottenham. Oh, yeah. um, you can see why they're so furious about it. Yeah, I would be too. I'd be absolutely furious. But instead, I'm giddy Yeah, and joyful. Instead, we just get to enjoy it. Every moment of it. Right. Um. Believe it or not, we just watched an even more insane game than that. We just came off of Leicester 2, Everton 2. Probably the most clutch relegation game left in the lineup, or one of them. Yeah. Yeah, this is a huge game. Massive points. I think, and you could see it, too. It was a, like I think it was a fun game because you could see both teams were desperate to win it. Yeah, it was a wild game. As the commentators said, um, neither one of them wanted to draw, which, spoiler alert, you know, that's that's what happened. Um, but this, we saw so many like insane incidents of every variety, shenanigans, skills, mistakes, funny goals, funny non-goals. Yeah. Everything. It was crazy. It was like a football carnival. It was, it was end to end madness, back to back incidents. I didn't do a super good job taking notes. Um, did you have a favorite moment from it? No, I don't know. I, I should have taken notes too, as well. The one thing I do have is like the the one note you have down here, the the Calvert Lewin chance. Yeah, the Calvert Lewin chance that turned that he played directly into. Wow, he literally had the whole goal open. He was about three yards out. The ball falls to his feet. He has at least two thirds of the goal just gaping wide open. Yeah, and he somehow like really limply just rolls the ball directly to the keeper instead. It's such a strange, just yeah. It's a tough one. Yeah, he kicked it right off his, like right back to the keeper's foot, basically. <laughs> yeah, it was. And then um, 
Lester breaks straight down the other way. Vardy does his thing. Yeah, it's like just two passes. Boom, boom. Yeah, boom, out. boom. Vardy's out and uh, goes for a lob, and it just like agonizingly clips the top bar. And doesn't go. It was in. so close to being an epic moment. I think that moment would have relegated Everton if that had gone in. Yeah, the game yeah, would have been three one. Like two like a crushing blow straight from that chance at the other end. Um, Lewin could not believe he missed. Yeah, if that lob had dropped in, that agony would have, you know, just crushed it. Everton. Yeah. I think that would have been it. I think it probably would have been. It's just so deflating. Right. But But, yeah, uh, Lester's goal, too, their first goal was super nice. That Vardy's first goal. Oh, yeah. Another Um, classic Lester goal. Great. uh, Thielman's like interception. And while he's intercepting it, he plays a beautiful little flick back through to Madison. And then Madison plays that ball through to Vardy. Yeah. It's just beautiful little play. And then a classic Vardy rolling back the years. Yeah, that just did. Dragged it, dragged it past the keeper perfectly and right. finished it. That did look like vintage uh, Ranieri Lester, didn't it? It did. It really did. And for a minute, it kind of looked like they were going to take Everton apart, but you got to give it to Everton. They had a lot of fight. They had a lot of fight. And they had it just as many chances. Uh, yeah, you could argue that Everton should have won that game by the end. They were on every ball for the last half hour of that game, I would say. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but... Vardy also had that Tarkovsky cleared one off the line too with Vardy. Oh, that's that right. header that he headed straight at Tar- right. Tarkovsky. And we mentioned, did we mention the missed penalty? Oh no, we didn't mention the missed penalty either. <laughs> so much action. <laughs> there was so much action. Um, yeah, I called it. Uh, um, there was a penalty change or a penalty taker change. Tielemans had stepped up, stepped up to take yeah, it. Had the ball, and then Madison displaced him. And I said, this fucker is going to try a Penenka, and it's going to get saved. <laughs> <laughs> and he, did, he didn't go for a Penenka, but he did hit it right down the middle, and it did get it was saved. easy save. Yeah. Yeah, Pickford didn't move. And then that boosted Pickford's ego enough that he celebrated while being 2-1 down with his team deep in the relegation zone. Did a cool little fist pump move. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty embarrassing. I guess you have to in your keeper if you save a penalty like that yeah. in that situation. It was just funny because it was like delayed because he waited till like the halftime whistle to yeah. do that celebration. Yeah, it's true. He was hyped. But yeah, that's kind of an interesting result. It leaves Leicester above Everton on goal diff, but now there's three teams on 30 points there. Yeah. Um, Definitely doesn't, doesn't make the picture any more clear. No, it doesn't resolve anything down. at the bottom end. Um, tight down there. Doesn't really help either one of them. Right. Um, other results we should mention, uh, Fulham 1, Manchester City 2. That was tough. Fulham really looked great. I was annoyed because the headline on BBC today said, City, quote, levels above everyone else. You know, and it's a... That Fulham was so in that game. They, they were had not so many Fulham. chances. They were not. Yeah, and it took a wonder goal from Julian Alvarez to win that game for City. Yeah, it was uh, yeah unbelievable. Like De Bruyne came out and he just did his best De Bruyne impression and just wonder strike. Um, but but no, Fulham deserved a point in that game. Yeah, I I wish the second half they were on top for a lot of that. They yeah. were pushing really hard and creating a lot of chances i mean this game was a while ago and i don't have good notes for it i don't remember a lot of the fulham chances but they were absolutely in that game um but uh yeah city march on it's uh it's getting down to the wire yeah for the title race it's gonna be hard to see them dropping points but it's still they still have a couple tough games left 
we could take a quick look at Manchester United one Aston Villa nil. Uh, this really just has repercussions, and you know, in terms of solidifying the Champions League places, I think Manu have all but locked up fourth place. Yeah, this is a big result. They're about them. ten points clear of us. We're one clear of Villa. Um, Liverpool. It's between Liverpool and Villa. It's looking like for um, the Europa League. The spot. Europa League spot. So that's interesting and fun. Yeah, that'll be a good I mean, battle. Emery's had Villa playing really well. I thought Villa would take this game, but it's a big result for United. Yeah, a Bruno Fernandez goal that I, I didn't I didn't see. That game was on at the same time as whatever. Yeah, we, we didn't watch watching. that one. Yeah, but yeah, uh, the Fernandez. It was just like a rebound. Yeah, it was a Rashford shot that bounced in. One of Liverpool, Villa, and Brighton are gonna get stuck in the Conference League, and right. that that doesn't seem fair. It's kind of harsh because, like, yeah. as much as like you say, well, they get Europe. It's like, yeah, but that's gr- going to be a grind yeah. for a team that's probably going to be fighting, you know, in that lower half of the table, mid to lower half of the table with the European campaign. Yeah, yeah. Well, would Brighton be happy? It'll be their first European campaign at all, right? Th- will, will they be happy about the Conference League? I feel like they probably will be. If I'm thinking, I probably as I a fan so of a too. smaller club that's yeah. never had a chance to yeah. even experience. It's European super condescending football. of us to even have this conversation, isn't it? Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, but you will say it. It is like if we're not wrong about the fact that it's going to be really hard on them next season if they have conference league games. No, they'll have to um, expand that squad a little bit. Yeah, they're gonna have to have a smart summer, and Brighton could be a team that obviously can because they have a very smart back room. Yeah, but they have the added challenge of they're always going to have outgoings as well. It's true. They have to sell. So they have to expand the squad while they're losing players. It's going to be tough. It's tough. Yep. But, I mean, I'm sure they'll still be excited about it no matter how it goes. Yeah. You want the challenge. I definitely think Deservey's up for the challenge. That guy, he, he's fun. Yeah, he's he is fun. You know, he's feisty. I like him. Um and I hope he stays around for a while there. I know. He's already being linked with uh, Inter, I think. I know. I don't like that. Poor Brighton. They, you know, they're too, they're too good for their own good. Do you think Potter goes back there if Deserby moves on? I wouldn't rule that out. Makes sense. I don't think he left on bad terms, right? Oh, no. I don't think so at all. Um, yeah, I could see him moving back there if he doesn't get, take another job first. Right. So as you may see, that's where my notes run dry. Um, so for the weekend fixtures, I mean, we only have one, we have one game left. Well, yeah, this round is crawling through the week one by one. It's a very strange round of fixtures. Yeah. Let's just go through the week one by one. Tomorrow we have a massive game. Yeah. Arsenal Chelsea tomorrow at 3 PM. So yeah, this is the chance to, uh, for Arsenal to get an easy W on the board when they really need one. Yeah. Yeah, this is a moment they cannot afford to slip up in. Is Arsenal winless in five right now? I think so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Who would have guessed? I know, it's rough. It's rough. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because we were I mean we were ten games unbeaten, which sounds great. Right. Um, before the city loss. Um but those lo- those three draws leading up to that is brutal. So wait, no, it's four. It's wait. Winless in four. And it's winless in four, yeah. Okay. Leopold, you'd be good. Ah, don't hit the camera. <laughs> God damn it, Leopold. You're going to need some cat-ass shots. <laughs> um, yeah, so huge game. Obviously, Chelsea have been an absolute mess. They're like winless in 10 or something like that. Yeah, right? I think Chelsea are actually getting worse. It this seems, seems like. like it's a... I mean, it feels like they're getting worse. Lamps is 0 for 5. 
they can't score a goal to save their lives, even though they only signed attacking players. Yeah. And it seems like morale is just done. Like, yeah. Rock bottom done at Chelsea. Yeah, I don't know how you turn it around, honestly. So I could see Arsenal, um, you know, like using them as a little whipping boy, taking out some frustration on Chelsea. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm really hoping that. <laughs> I'm shocked that you're it. hoping for that, Alex. I hear it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway. But they need it. I mean, it's huge. It's huge for both clubs because Chelsea, I mean, they haven't, they have not even come close to winning the game lately. No, they haven't. So they need, they need something desperately. Yeah. Um, so I guess like, you know, they're the, the wounded animal, you know, you can't, maybe they could have a moment against us. That's the worst fear is that they Uh-oh. have Alex, a moment. Alex's confidence is shattered. You can hear it. I know. <laughs> um, what do you think, Leopold? But no, I did see, I think Koulibaly's out. I think they're missing some big players as well. Okay. So um, in positions where they don't have 30 players to put in. So yeah, let's, let's hope for like a, we owe them a, a thrashing because they've done it to us a few times. So Right. Let's hope. Yeah, let's hope. Uh, I would like to see it. It's at Arsenal, right? Yep, at home too, so that's good. Okay. Uh, on to Wednesday, two Decent games. We've got Liverpool hosting Fulham and Man City hosting West Ham. Two really good games. Liverpool-Fulham um, are probably, you could say, fighting for European places. Uh, Fulham, I think, have dropped more points recently. Fulham are down in 10th now. Yeah. So they've fallen off lately. We're, uh, they're five. Uh, yeah, now nah, they're just about out of it. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're They like went through a poor out. run of form. Okay, so never mind. Um, but they did look great against City, so... Yeah, I mean, our defense still looks pretty shaky. Um, we haven't quite figured out how to play three at the back when Trent pushes forward into that new fancy box midfield. Yeah. Um, but Trent has uh, got six assists in his last four games, so I don't think we're stopping that anytime no, soon. No, that's going to stay. The, he's going to work on figuring out the rest of it. He's back there just dropping bombs. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got to figure out the, the defensive situation, which is very familiar situation for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. City, West Ham... You know, West Ham can be a banana peel, dude. They I don't want to get your hopes up. No, but I know. You know what they're capable of on their day. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have my hopes up during for Fulham, and then Fulham gave me hope in that game. They had moments that, like, it was frustratingly hopeful that they were going to get a point out of that. Yeah, dude. Um, West Ham with, you know, Paqueta and Lanzini in midfield. And when Antonio's on form, um, and their backs against the wall, like they're yeah. in the mix, they have to win, right? Um, so yeah, it's a fun little Wednesday. Thursday, one game, but a huge game, big game. Brighton and Hove Albion hosting Manchester United. Yeah, that's a game I can't wait to see. Yep, it's uh, definitely uh, a fight for European places there. A scrap to stay out of the Conference League. Uh, United have all but consolidated Champions League. So this one, I feel like Brighton has more motivation. Yeah, I was going to say for uh, for you, I feel like Brighton a Brighton win would be import would be give you a little bit of hope that maybe you have a chance of catching United. There's an outside chance of yeah, it. Yeah, I'll I'll latch onto that hope. You know, if they if they you know drop a couple points here and there, suddenly things look a little different. Right. Um, I got to remember, though, that Brighton, you know, if they win both games in hand, are still ahead of us on points. I was so. going to say Brighton's. All, yeah, I guess that. <laughs> but, yes, this is the game I want them to win, obviously. 
you know. Yeah, if they're going to win one of them, this is one you would be helpful for oh, you. Oh, wait, no, they still have to play Everton, too. They have to win all their games. It's fine. Brighton can have the Champions League spot. <laughs> I don't care. Because <laughs> that, that's also fun. <laughs> if they beat United and they relegate Everton, it's all good. That's actually a great season for everyone. Um, anyway, good games coming up. Should we even go to the weekend? <sighs> I don't know. Let's let's talk about what we're doing this weekend, actually. Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, soccer Situations is hitting the road. I'm pretty excited about it. Going for a road trip. Uh, I should have asked Nick how to say his name properly before I say it multiple times on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, we're heading to Detroit to watch uh, uh, Liverpool... Full, no, Liverpool, Brentford. Liverpool, Brentford. Um, at the Detroit City Football Club Clubhouse. Yeah. Um, with uh, comedian Nicholas, Nick Tanaglia. I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> uh, anyway. Nick, Nick, we apologize if that wasn't right. Yeah, no, Nick is a Detroit-based comic that we've been trying to get on the podcast for a little bit. So we're going to go out to DCFC, watch a match, and then I think we're going to stay for the DCFC game against Tulsa that night. Yeah, might as well. Right? And, Works out well. Um, yeah, we'll send we'll send plenty of footage back from the DCFC camp. It's a good scene there. It's a good scene there. Hamtramck, Michigan. So that's really exciting. Also, before that, uh, we have here in Grand Rapids, uh, down at Les Conscious, the futsal and street soccer courts. They kick off this Friday. Cinco that's de Mayo. Friday? Yeah. Oh, Cinco de Mayo is this Friday. That's exactly. Right. Yeah. The Soccer Rebellion uh, Liga kicks off. Hell yeah. And I'll be down there for that on Friday. I'm super Doing excited about fun. that. Oh, dude, I bet they're going to have food trucks and stuff down there. I'm sure there will be good food Ooh. on hand. Ooh, yeah. Um, I might be going to that as well. Yeah, we hope to talk to Soccer Rebellion before then, too. I've been bad about scheduling that, but I hope to um, get uh, with him, uh, the organizer yeah. of the league, before uh, before that kicks off. Nice. So, anyway, yeah. That's fun, awesome. Fun stuff happening. Oh, that's right. We're, we'll, we'll see if you get to see any of it. Yeah, I'm not going to commit to putting this up because I'm But gonna, the, there may be video happening at this moment. There does exist video of this podcast officially right yes. now. I think we've recorded about five episodes before the audio ever made it out to public. <laughs> so with video, I think Could we'll, be a couple more. we'll probably have about 10 test video episodes before we actually put one up. Yeah, that's going to be TikTok is our future. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it's about until, to be banned, I think. Until it gets banned by the U.S. government. <laughs> I mean, as soon as people my age are on to TikTok, the kids move on to something else. It's true. They it's sense true. the 42-year-olds getting on the talk, and they're like, what's it's next? True. We're the end. We signal the end of TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, good stuff. Any other headlines? Should we call this No, one? I. I mean... It's funny. I just saw the one thing I was like, I'll just say this real quick just because I saw this and it's a little frustrating. But Newcastle has been fun to watch lately. Oh, yeah. Newcastle's been great. I mean, we don't have to talk about any specific results or anything, but just I want to shout out to Isak because he looks he looks like the striker that we all dream of. Yeah. Like he's fear. It just looks like the mold Henri esque. Yeah, he kind of lanky a little bit he like dances that. Dances down the pitch. Dances down the sideline. Kind of glides. Yeah, yeah. Very smooth the way he plays. Yeah. So I'm a little. I'm jealous of that one. Yep. Sadly, um, that Newcastle project is coming together annoyingly smoothly. Yeah, they look really good. Um, more, way more smoothly than City did when they first got going. Yeah, City was kind of a mess. When they City had so going. many false starts. When yeah, they well, they going. they didn't. What was it? Mark Hughes. Yeah, and they spent a ton of money right away on players, and it just it was kind of a mess. There was the big Robinho uh, signing. Yeah, Robinho. And he thought he signed for United. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, his whole yeah that was kind of a mess of his career at signing. He had a couple moments, but nothing great. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, I, I guess this I'm gonna enjoy this last little bit of enjoying Newcastle because I think fairly soon I'm just gonna hate Newcastle. Well, they stole your chief scout, right? Yeah. So we know they're preparing for a big spend this summer. They're going to buy a lot of players this summer. Yeah. Frustratingly, they've already stolen a couple of players. Isak, one of them <laughs> from us. So, yeah. I'll enjoy. I'll enjoy watching them for this season while Callum Wilson's still banging in goals for them. Right. I feel like that might be a name we won't hear for too long around the Tyne, around Tyneside. Um, if we want to talk controversial ownership real quick, we should mention that this headline just came up that uh, Sir Jim Ratcliffe, oh, who yes. is one of the um, competing bidders for Manchester United, he he spoke up today and, and demanded uh, control over Manchester United transfer policy while, while his bid is pending. <laughs> it's so funny. The Glazers were like, nah, we're good. <laughs> That's insane. What an insane request. Yeah. Let me make massive financial and decisions for you that affect the future of your club before any paperwork has been filed for me owning this club. It actually kind of mimics some nonsense that Skarsgård was up to on succession this week now that I think about it. <laughs> Football succession links. Oh, dude, succession is life, Alex. It's everything. <laughs> I see it everywhere. It's intertwined <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Man, Skarsgård has a crazy tech guy. So awesome. He, <laughs> he, the day like after their father died, he drags them up to he drags them to Norway to negotiate this deal. Oh, he drags shit. them like literally out of their father's wake, and and he has this like spread like set up at the base of a mountain, but they have to go up to him up a cable car to him to like in this like chalet <laughs> at the peak where he's sitting like a king, uh, like a Norse god. That's even amazing. though he's Swedish in it. Um, and maybe in real life, Swedish in real life too, right? Anyway, sounds like we're back name. way up. We're back on succession. We're going to bookend <laughs> every podcast with succession from succession now on. Succession to start, succession to end. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now we could probably call this one. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. All right. Thanks, y'all, for listening to succession, uh, soccer situations. <laughs> soccer, soccer situations. situations. Um, yeah. We're really looking forward to this weekend in Detroit. We're going to have some really fun stuff coming up for y'all in the in the coming weeks. Yeah. Who knows how long it'll take me to edit um, road recordings, but yeah. Hopefully it goes smooth. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Later. Oh.